Aging, it's a constant and something every human experiences every single day. But how do we age gracefully? What separates someone who is living their best life, engaging with friends and loved ones, from the one who isn't able to? Today, my good friend Suzanne Summers joins us from a backyard in California, <laughs> where she just found some new hummingbirds entering the world. And Suzanne just released her new book, A New Way to Age, the most cutting edge advances in anti-aging. Today, we'll talk about the best methods for you to grow older with vibrancy, freedom, and confidence. Welcome to Be Healthistic, the podcast that's more than just health and wellness information. It's here to help you explore your options across traditional and natural medicine so that you can make informed decisions for you and your family. This podcast illuminates the whole story about holistic health by providing access to the expertise of Dr. Steve and Drew Sinatra, who together have decades of integrative health experience. Be Healthistic is powered by our friends at Healthy Directions. Now, let's join our hosts. Hi, folks. If you like what you hear today and you want to listen to future conversations on all things integrative and holistic health, subscribe to our podcast at BeHealthisticPodcast.com. Also, check out and subscribe to the Healthy Directions YouTube channel, which features video versions of our episodes, plus extra videos you won't want to miss. And finally, we have more with me, Dr. Drew Sinatra, my dad, Dr. Steve Sinatra, and other health experts at HealthyDirections.com. So Suzanne, it's really great to be with you today. In fact, I have your book here. I love this book. I mean, I, I mean, a new way to age. I mean, can you beat that? I mean, that's absolutely awesome. I bet you're just focused in this book on your chapter, huh? <laughs> well, you know, I believe I in synchronicity. Remember in our chapter, we talked about LP little a. That's, Your son has a high LP little a, and so does my son, Drew, right, Drew? I, I, well, I haven't tested it in a while, but I did in the past, yes. Let me dumb it down for uh, me and for uh, all the lay people out there. What I learned from Dr. Sinatra, and I, it's in this book and in my last book, is you said to me, and it was profound, I've had guys on my operating table with uh, cholesterol 350, you know, HDL, and I think I'm going to go in there and find them riddled with heart disease, and I don't. He said, conversely, sometimes I've got them and their cholesterol is 140, and I find them riddled with uh, heart disease. And you said, what's the difference? It's because doctors are not checking the second component of LDL, which is the most important. That's capital L, small p, little a. And as you described it, and I think that this is a great visual for your audience, if you have high numbers in your second component of your LDL, the so-called bad a cholesterol, that's like having razor blades on the inside of your arteries. That's, that's, that's bad. You know, with my son, after, after the book came out and I said to him, because I'm sure Drew is the same thing. They're around the same age. It's a very stressful time for young men. You're filled with the, did I make it? Did I do it? Did I do enough? Am I, am I enough? All those things. I'll, is my, do I own my house? Do I not own my house? All these stressful things. And his doctor wanted to put him on a statin. And you said to me, I can count on one hand the amount of patients I've put on statins. And that really made me pay attention because there's such a, a push to put pretty much all men on statins, which causes 
more problems than it's ever solved. I mean, the muscle wasting for one, but also we need cholesterol. And this eliminates the cholesterol com completely, but the plaque you have is the plaque you have. So you're not out of the woods. What you did for Bruce, I believe, was ultimately life-saving by putting him on lubrokinase, which is the, the, the most potent of the natural blood thinners. And my blood pressure right now has gone kind of high because I had this fractured hip and I'm in a lot, I've been in a lot of pain. It's almost over now. And I've been taking lumbrokinase to get my blood pressure down. So there are other ways. And that's what new way, new way to age is all about is, all right, here's the standard of care. But if you're not a standard of care type of person like I am, I don't, I go, I only go to standard of care, which is allopathic medicine when absolutely necessary, when nothing else can work, then I go there. But if I can do it naturally, I'd much rather. And I have found that there are a lot of people like me. And so if that's who you are, if you'd rather go natural first, then this is the book for you. I agree. But, There's a lot of good stuff in that book. I'll there is. You. Well, even, even in the heart section, the um, EECP, Enhanced External Counter Pulsation. But all you have to remember to the your viewers is EECP. Man, that's kind of incredible. It's you lie on a table, and a lot of hospitals have invested in this. They wrap blood pressure cups around your calves, your thighs, your buttocks, and then it pumps the blood and pumps the blood and pumps the blood. And it, they claim that they can grow new arteries, that it's the way of keeping that muscle so strong. So these are the new things that people aren't going to hear about unless you go out of your way to talk to doctors like you or read books like mine. And I find what you and I are doing is really exciting. I oh, think you is. are probably the leading, uh, I call you integrative cardiologist because you do work in both worlds, but I say you've got a big foot in alternative. And I think that you're probably the leading cardiologist in this country, in this arena, but probably the world because not many cardiologists have stepped out of the box as you have. And it's a very brave thing to do, but you've helped so many people, given them other options. Well, that's the whole key. And uh, even my son, Drew, I mean, he's a natural path. And, and it, you know, I'm sort of blessed because I have one step in the pharmaceutical world. I mean, let's face yeah. it, Suzanne, if you're having a heart attack, my gosh, I mean, we do the best in the United States with thrombolytic therapy, stent, angioplasty. If you're hit by a car and have a broken, uh, broken bones, if you have an obstetrical emergency, there's yeah, nothing better than the USA with conventional medicine, you know, and some of our drugs are phenomenal. They really are. I mean, you take Absolutely. an asthmatic who has status and they can't breathe. Pharmaceutical Absolutely. drugs are the, are the only option. You, you have to keep your foot in the pharmaceutical world, but then, then Drew is in the naturopathic world and, and you're in both worlds and I'm in both worlds. So Drew, you want to say something about the naturopathic world about? Sure. Well, you know, Suzanne, I got to say that that 10 years ago at the 2010, 2011 anti-aging medicine conference, that was my first real introduction to anti-aging medicine. So thank you for your talk then. Thank you. No, it was, it was I mean, I, my eyes were open then. I want to just say one thing about naturopaths. I think that naturopaths are highly underrated because you have the freedom to do what the uh, allopathic doctors in many cases cannot and there are many times that I go to a natural path as my first option because of that. Anyway, go on. I'm glad you're in that field. Oh, thank you. 
Um, yeah, you know, I was saying, I, I mean, I don't know how old your son is, but I'm, I'm going to be 40 soon. And, you know, I wanted to get your input on this. Why is it important for someone like myself to learn about anti-aging medicine? Like your, your listeners, the people that read your books, why is it important that they do these things at my age? Well, I remember I interviewed a guy, a famed futurist. His name is Ray Kurzweil. And he said, how long do you see yourself living? And I said, honestly, with the way I take care of myself, I see myself 90, 100, 110, maybe. He said, so tell me this, on your 110th birthday and your brain is working and you got strong bones so you can walk and stand and do all that. He said, do you want that to be your last day? And I went, well, not really. I said, what's the catch? He said, you can't limp into it. Meaning you can't expect to get to 100, 110 and then uh, start taking care of yourself. You've got to start at your age. The sooner you start, the better your outcome. And recently I uh, spoke to a group of um, caretakers who took care of uh, people who are in nursing homes. And I usually I speak to larger audiences than this, but this was about 250 people and the guy who owned the chain of of, um, nursing homes once a year takes all his employees for a weekend of lectures and, and a nice time, really takes good care of them. So I went out and I spoke to them and I said, First of all, thank you for the work that you do. I am sure that every day, as you're taking care of these poor souls, you say to yourself, man, I hope this never happens to me. And then I looked at them and I said, what are you doing different? Hmm. Not one of them ever, ever thought they'd end up in a nursing home. You don't expect to be in a nursing home. Your dad doesn't, I don't. So the sooner you start, the better shot you have at not ending up like these people who don't know who they were and don't know who they are. I always felt so terrible about President Reagan, this vibrant, incredible, incredible man. I had the uh, pleasure of of knowing him a little bit. Imagine at the end, he never even knew he was president of the United States. That's no way to live. That's not living. So anti-aging is making the right choices. Mm -hmm. And we make choices all day long. And every choice matters, really matters. And every time you go and you can have, you know, an organic salad or you can have, you know, some hamburger filled with excitotoxins and chemicals and everything. Every time you choose the organic salad, you made a choice to hedge your bet to not end up in that decrepit, frail, one of the big three cancer, heart disease, uh, Alzheimer's, and then the ultimate stop at the nursing home. None of us want to end up in the nursing home. So you got to start now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I love about your book, too. You make it so simple with starting with something as simple as diet. The foods you eat today can make a tremendous impact on your aging throughout your life. Yeah, and it's your fuel. You know, f- food is our body's fuel. Now, if you had a Maserati, you would never, ever, ever put inferior fuel into your Maserati. And yet, look what we put into our bodies, a much better machine than a Maserati. And so it's, it's, it's re-educating. And you can do that in your practice, as your dad has done with with his practice and his books of explaining to people, the better the care you take of yourself right now, the better you feed yourself, the better you sleep yourself, the better your thoughts, the better your outcome. And it's, it's those simple things, valuing sleep, eating quality, organic food. Oh God, Stephen, you would have gone nuts yesterday. I went to my garden and from my garden, I was able to pick, fresh chard and kale and butter lettuce and 
Maine lettuce. And I've got two artichokes that I'm going to pick today. They're just oh, perfect. The perfect and food is little, artichoke. Keep going. I well, love it. <laughs> when you just cut them like I'm going to do today and bring them right to the kitchen, they are sweet and unbelievable. So the more you value food and uh, quality food, the better, you know, the more fun you have cooking it and tasting it. And you just heard, Drew, your father, his I. I could see his eyes roll back in his head about just cut artichokes. <laughs> he loves artichokes. <laughs> so do I. You know, with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease being on the rise in our country and the transplants that are going, I think one of the best things you can give to support your liver is eating artichoke, hands down. Yeah. And then if you are going to drink, if I drink, like I do like to have a cocktail of tequila, there's something so enjoyable about this cocktail that we have at five o'clock. We have tequila, one, just one with ice. We talk. We talk in a different way because the phones are down. And I put on, uh, you know, Diana Krall and, uh, uh, on Sonos. And, and uh, we sometimes dance. And it's a very relaxing thing to do. But if I'm going to have that cocktail before I go to bed, I always take three milk thistle, one NAC, N-acetylcysteine, and one SAMe, just to keep my liver, like, put back in my liver what that, te drink, that tequila might have taken away. By the way, clear tequila has little to no uh, sugar. Mm -hmm. So you don't gain any weight on clear tequila. And I've never had more than two because I hear if you do, you'll never forget it. You'll never <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to any alcohol, less is more. So that's so that's well said. One tequila yeah. is good. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. But it's you know what it is. It's ritual. Ritual is part of the human experience. Like in the morning, people ask me why my marriage uh, is in such good shape, and I go, "Well, we have great coffee in the morning and a tequila at night." He makes the greatest coffee and uh, organic coffee, and he brings it to me around the bed. Not across the bed, because then it's hot and it could spill, you know, God forbid. Brings it around to me and then he waits for me to sniff it and take a sip and then and then rate it thumbs up or thumbs down. It's almost always thumbs thumbs up. But what a great way to wake up in the morning. That's part of the ritual, is hearing the sound of it bubbling in the little kitchenette we have in our bedroom. And um, I lie in bed and smile knowing something really nice is going to be brought my way any moment. Those are, those are, those are the, uh, that's the stuff of life. Sure. Especially in view of your, you know, your hip situation right now, you know? Oh my God. I, you know, when they said to me, I had a stress fracture, I thought, okay, so what? I didn't know. You can't, first of all, you can't leave your bed for six weeks. And for me, it's gone on for like four months. You know, here we are. We're born a day apart. And I had a hip replacement almost 10 years ago. And now you're, you're having a hip issue now. I, know. I didn't have a replacement because mine was fractured. Yeah. The doctor said if I, had, if I had broken my hip, it would have been easier. He said a fracture, you just have to lie still. And he put a stabilizing rod in there. And my body hates it. My body is keeps reacting, keeps getting inflamed because... My body's going, what is that thing in, uh, that's uh, uh, alongside your femur? So, Suzanne, are, are you doing any uh, red light therapy or, or um, PEMP therapy? No. Pulse electromagnetic field therapy? Like Ondamed? Yeah, something like Ondamed or like the, any kind of PEMP device that just helps bring in blood flow to the area to help heal it? 
Okay, you want it? I don't know about red light. You can tell me about red light. I'd like to know about that. I have an on-demand machine. The problem is, this makes me sound so stupid. We can't figure out how to work it. It's so complex. No, it is. It is complex. That's why you need to go to those review courses and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, Suzanne, I'll, I'll tell you this. My my mom actually just had uh, a hip replacement, and she was in tremendous pain, like an eight out of ten, even on the pain meds. So I bought yeah. her one of these photobiomodulation red light, near infrared light, you know, panels. I yeah. sent it to her, and now three weeks later, she's walking the golf course every single day, and she's out of pain. After we hang up, you have to tell me where to get that. Yeah, sure. I'll order. I'll order it today. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> it will help. It will help with the pain and yeah, the inflammation yeah. and the healing. Because at the height of my pain, I would say it was nine and ten, and with pain meds, it just didn't help. And I hate taking pain meds. I hate it. Yeah, no, no one does. Um, Suzanne, going back to your book, I, I'm and Dad, I think you've got a similar question that I have right now. Writing this book for you, what stood out? I mean, what was like an aha moment researching it, you know, talking to these doctors, interviewing all of them? Where where was this moment that came where you're like, wow, I didn't even know that? One of the things that I, there are many things that I learned. This My books for me are, are me educating myself. Um, senolytic activators. I'd never heard of senolytics. And, and then I started thinking about, of course, uh, aging is about worn out parts. And what I'm writing about in this book is pay attention to the language of the body, those aches, those pains, those creaks, that the joints, the, that your hair, your skin, your nails, your body's talking to you all the time. And at, the longer you live, the more your parts wear, wear out, no matter how good you take care of yourself. What I heard about senolytics, senolytics clears out cellular debris. And what I love even more is that it's a supplement that is affordable for everybody. It's about eight bucks a week. You take it once a week on Fridays. And it, it's like, you know, I live in a hundred year old house here and I've got old pipes and the oleander bushes grow into the pipes and then everything gets backed up. And then you got to call the Roto-Rooter man. Senolytic activator is like the Roto-Rooter man for your cells. It goes in and cleans out the cells and essentially euthanizing them so that now your aging cells are young and happy again. And then the other thing is NAD. What is that? Uh, Niticoninamide adenine dinucleotide. Dinucleotide. Are, yeah. are NAD+. Plus. Yeah. Are you impressed that I can say dinucleotide? <laughs> yes, I am. Yep. <laughs> anyway, that, NH, so for the people out there who don't know, senolytic activator, very affordable, cleans out cellular debris, making your cells young and working better again. And then the NAD, with that long name, uh, repairs DNA breaks. So now you've got something repairing and something cleaning out. You don't need to be, you know, Einstein to go, well, that makes sense. And I take NAD every day, but I only take the senolytic once a week. And I love the whole concept of it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I was on the phone with my son in, in Europe and he takes NAD IV. Uh, I actually sub yeah. And uh, no, no, God, that's heavy duty. That's what the six hour IV. Well, he's had an IV uh, several times, uh, but now he gets it to himself sub Q and he notices a change uh, very, very quickly, in fact. 
No, I think NAD is going to be one of these um, remarkable anti-aging supplements of the future. Uh, even even I, now, I, I mean, it. David Sinclair says it's 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 the one thing that you know we all need. At our clinic, we've had patients with Lyme disease that just have never gotten better. Patients with mold disease that aren't improving. For some of them, having an NAD IV is the biggest thing, the best change I've ever seen with their health. Well, that makes sense. You know, NAD IV is a it's a huge commitment because it's uh, from four to six hours on an IV. That's correct. You know, I had mold several years ago, 10 years ago, our house burned down in Malibu. By the way, if you live in Malibu, eventually your house will burn down. It just does. <laughs> going to burn down. And so I feel like that blade has passed over my head now. I'm back in a new house. And the house that we moved into in the interim was beautiful. And I thought, well, why don't we buy this rather than go through the whole, you know, painful thing of rebuilding. And in the four years that Alan and I lived there, I got mold in my intestines and he got mold in the, the central nervous system running parallel with the cerebellum. And so what, what this mold was doing was eating through the central nervous system, causing facial tics and facial spasms. Now, here leads back to this book, to the heart section. It was getting so bad that I took him to Dr. Roy Sweat, that famous chiropractor in um, Atlanta, who uh, Nick Gonzalez sent me there. And Nick's, when I got to Atlanta, he said, oh, by the way, he's 86 years old. He's got a tremor. I said, he's an 86-year-old chiropractor with a tremor. He goes, yeah, but it doesn't actually touch you. He created something called the Atlas Orthogonal Machine. So he laid him on a table and that with an X-ray and he could see that Alan's uh, neck was out of line and he pushed a button and it aligned it. And then he said to me, I said, oh, great. And then the facial tick stopped. He said, it's not going to hold. He said, uh, you're going to have to find something else. So then we went to Nick in New York. We went to Jonathan Wright in Seattle. We went to a doctor in uh, to chelate him in Los Angeles all summer. So when the summer was over, I said to the chelation doctor, what's, what's in Palm Springs? And he said, well, Dr. Dan Johnson in Palm Springs Springs uh, can chelate him. So when we got to Dr. Dan Johnson's office, Alan was having a an episode, and this is mold, so bad that his his eyes, he was having trouble opening them, and he was having trouble closing his mouth, like lockjaw. And this doctor, who we didn't know, said, may I examine you? And so he looks at Alan's shoulder. He said, do you realize you're crooked? I've been with Alan for 50 years. I never noticed he was crooked, but um, he had had an injury as a kid and then the mold got in there and we compensate because we don't want to look at the world like this. We want to look at the world, uh, you know, at a level. Mm -hmm. So if our body's not level, we, we make our body crooked so that our eyes are level. And he said, I think uh, you have serious jaw misalignment. When we got into this doctor's office, and this goes back to the heart, so that's why I'm telling you this, and mold, I'm answering for both of you. When we got back to the doctor's office, Alan now could not open his eyes, I mean at all. They were slammed shut, and he could not close his mouth. The mold had eaten through the central nervous system, and nothing was working. And then the doctor took a panorama of his neck and said, your jaw's out of line. And then Alan told him about this um, terrible thing that happened to him as a kid. He was hung by anti-Semites and left to die when he was eight years old. So we had dealing with two things. This doctor 
I started to cry and he touched my arm and he said, I can fix this. And when you want to believe, you believe. And I looked in his eyes and I thought, I believe you. What he described to me, that these heart attacks that none of us lay people understand, is that if the jaw, you know, I don't have to tell you this, Stephen, or, or you, Drew, the tri trigeminal nerve and the vagus nerve comes from the gut up through the heart, behind the ear, and up into the brain, right? Now, if your jaw's in line, everything's cool, everything's working great. But what if your jaw's out of line and it's sitting on those two nerves like a kink in the hose? And I think that day Alan was going to have a stroke. And that day he ground down Alan's teeth, put an appliance in, moved his jaw over and aligned his jaw. And I can't say that it happened overnight, but now Alan rarely, rarely has an episode. And I thought in this heart section, by putting you, Dr. Sinatra, EECP, and the jaw, as have you ever thought about the jaw and heart disease, would, would be three, three, three arenas that people might not have thought of relative to the heart. Because what kills women? Heart, heart disease is, is still killing women, especially as we get older. I think heart is the number one killer and then cancer second, but you can correct me. I'm not sure. I think no, it's still not, it's still heart. You're right. It's so easy to let your blood pressure get out of whack and all the things we're talking about with the LP little a and the lack of understanding in uh, so many of so many doctors who don't look at that second component like you do. And so this is why I feel educating the public in a, in my way, I take what you all and all your brilliance say, and my my talent is, because I you know how many times I call you back when I'm interviewing you, I can dumb it down, and once I understand it, then I know my readers will all understand it so that we can get the most benefit from what you all have to teach. Well, you said it. That's the gift of your book. You dumb it down where your yep. reader understands it. You know, yep. even, even the chapter that you did on NAD and the Fountain of Youth and, yeah. and autography, this is tough information. This is very yeah. hard information to assimilate. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about it. One of the things that I really liked about what you said about the clearing of senescent cells, you know, these yeah. cells borderline that are struggling, that are, are dying. Well, the, the more you can clear them. Yeah, get the, the garbage out. Of youth. Yeah, get the garbage out. In your book, you were writing about the clearing of these senescent cells. And it was very interesting. You talked about the theoflavins in, in yeah. black tea, and you talked yeah. about quercetin. And I've been a quercetin, and Drew and I uh, have been quercetin users forever. I mean, I Absolutely. think quercetin- As an anti-inflammatory. Oh, it's one of the most potent anti-inflammatories around. And I just did a podcast on this, uh, not a podcast, a, a little video, about a two-minute video uh, on onions and quercetin. And I'll never forget this Zeppelin elderly study. This was a study that came out in the 1990s. It was about aging Dutchmen. And these, they were only looking at aging Dutchmen. And they were looking at one endpoint in the study, both Drew and Suzanne, death. They didn't care if you died of heart disease or cancer <laughs> or whatever. They just cared if you died. That was the only endpoint they looked at. And what they found out, and this is incredible, this is unbelievable. What they found out was that the more quercetin you took into your diet, whether you ate apples 
or onions, which contain a lot of quercetin, or took in a lot of black tea, which contains a lot of quercetin, those three items. But the more quercetin you took in over your lifetime, the longer you lived. It was an incredible- Well, it's an anti-inflammatory. Yes, it's a potent anti-inflammatory. And And you you wrote about that in that chapter on NAD, you know? And to me, it was just like, it was nirvana because I'm a big quercetin user. Drew's a big quercetin user. You and I, as cooks, how can you cook without an onion? You're right. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. I, I, before I know what I'm going to make, I grab a couple of onions and I put the onions down and I think, okay, now, where do I go from here? I just finished reading a book about curcumin and the, and the powerful anti-inflammatory properties of curcumin. Right. And it was a page turner for me. <laughs> well, was- you know, curcumin is, is like an autography inducer. In other words, yeah, it gets exactly. you to clean up the garbage. You know, yeah. I like your terminology. Instead of saying <laughs> autography, let's say cleaning out the garbage. I like that even better, you know. You know, um, uh, I loved Nick Gonzalez, and I will always miss Dr. Nick Gonzalez because um, – he, his approach to curing cancer, although he would not use the word cure, was clean it out, feed it right. Clean it out, feed it right. And I said to him, what do you mean? He said, I feed them pancreatic enzymes an hour away from meals on both sides. He said, depending on the stage of the cancer, he said, they're like little Pac-Men. They go in and Pac-Men, these enzymes eat debris. Cancer is debris, chemicals are debris, toxins are debris. He said, and then these little Pac-Men poop out the debris of all the debris they just ate, and then you need to clean it out with coffee enemas. Well, someone said to me, I've had cancer seven times. I don't know if you know that. I beat it every single time. And someone said to me, because I, 10 years ago, had not a terrible cancer, but at DCIS in my other breast. I'd had a tumor in the right one and then I had in the other one. And how crazy it was to be doing coffee enemas and, and pancreatic enzymes. I said, let me ask you this. Is a coffee enema any crazier than chemical poison? <laughs> right. You know? Uh, so we all go where we're most, most comfortable. And I believe in the concept. When I went to Nick Gonzalez's funeral, it was in upstate New York, one of those little churches that looked like George Washington used to go there, packed with his patients. Every single one of his patients looked healthy. There wasn't one gaunt. There wasn't one that had been on chemo. They all had a spring in their step and color in their cheeks. And I thought, I looked at all of them. I thought, right, clean it out, feed it right. Clean it out, feed it right. And then it's not quite as simple as that. It's organic food. I, I, I it's real hard to get any food in me that's not organic, you know, and real food. If you can pick it, pluck it, milk it, or shoot it, you can pretty much eat it. I'm not afraid of any of the healthy organic fats like you teach. Mm-hmm. I love butter and cream and sour cream and olive oil. And I love, I love a, a, a great steak. I'd love it. And, um, you know, I think there's been a lot of misinformation and you have done a lot to correct that with Ansel Keys in that study and Dwight Eisenhower and how, because Dwight Eisenhower ate bacon and eggs, everybody decided that eggs and, and bacon and cholesterol were the culprits. 
And I think you've had a lot to do with turning that paradigm around. Oh, yeah. I mean, this whole cholesterol paradigm, I mean, you know, a lot of it is a myth, but the truth is sort of the LP little a, that little LP little a particle yep. is really the truth about cholesterol. Yep. Suzanne, I want to get back to what Nick, what Nick Gonzalez and you were inferring. I think pancreatic enzymes are so important uh, yep. and digestive enzymes. I mean, yep. incredibly important. And I believe that if somebody takes in digestive enzymes after their big meal or even after two meals a day, it's my belief that if you supplement with digestive enzymes, you're taking away a lot of the stress of the pancreas. Absolutely. The pancreas wears out or when the pancreas has to grow stronger or, or bigger, that allows the possibility of mitosis to get into play and, you know, cause, you know, carcinoma. So I, I'm a strong believer in digestive enzymes. And I like to bring Drew in because this pancreatic enzyme, I think, and Drew being a natural path is really involved with the GI tract. So Drew, is there anything that comes to mind that you think is uh, something our listeners you know, could glean from, from having Suzanne on as well as myself about the GI tract? Yeah, I think Suzanne had an awesome chapter in her book about uh, heartburn medications, right? These PPIs, these H2 blockers that so many people are on because a lot of people have heartburn and it's very uncomfortable when you do experience that. So I really liked what you said there. But the interesting point is, and I think this is what we should discuss, is you give these drugs to suppress acid, but really we need hydrochloric acid as we age to digest our proteins appropriately. Right. And also if you've had radiation, like I... Um, when I had breast cancer in my fifties, uh, it was a tumor. And so I had radiation, a, a decision personally, I would not make again. I, oh gosh, after that uh, acid reflux, just terrible. And they put me on Nexium and it was just awful. And I went to Dr. Gallitzer, my anti-aging doctor. And he said, whatever you're taking is frying your kidneys. I said, I feel awful on this. And so I, I was writing a book at that time and that's when I learned about hydrochloric acid. That as we age, we stop making sufficient hydrochloric acid. And without hydrochloric acid, you can eat the greatest food in the world, but you won't get all the benefits of it because you have no way to break it down. But if you've had radiation, as so many women who've had breast cancer, it inhibits your body's ability to make hydrochloric acid for life. Now look at the bonanza. Now they got a woman who's going to be on Nexium or some version of that for life. And what is that foreign molecule going to do to the GI tract? You know, my understanding of, you know, chemicals in the GI tract and eating through the barrier wall and leaking out and leaky gut and all that. I sure don't think that taking a major pill like that every day or twice a day for the rest of your life can serve you well. Do you? Well, no, it creates long-term harm. I mean, we know that those PPIs are causing dysbiosis, so like a massive imbalance in the gut microbiome and leading to all these nutrient deficiencies, right? Malabsorption with B12 and, you know, other, right. other nutrients like iron, for example. So they're, they're terrible. I try to get people off those things as fast as I can. Well, for those who are listening, listen to Dr. Drew here because uh, you're not serving, uh, to me, my personal opinion, I'm not a doctor, but uh, it's it's not serving you well. And uh, replacing, like you just said, the lost acid solves the problem. Now, when I first started on hydrochloric acid replacement because of um, 
the radiation damage, which is why I wouldn't do radiation again personally. I'm not telling anybody not to do that. I had, I started taking one that did nothing. I took three that did nothing. I took six that did nothing in the beginning. And it was awful. I needed to take nine capsules wow. of hydrochloric acid to get relief. But now it's, it's been many, many years. I take three and that's all, that's all I really need to take. So it does repair itself. It just, my GI tract was in, at such a loss. And I, I, when I look at my email and Facebook comments, everybody's got something wrong with their stomach. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, we're under the greatest environmental assault in the history of humanity. And it's affecting our guts and it's affecting our kids' gut. Did, did you see that stat from the Environmental Working Group? They took the cord blood of newborns yes. across the economic spectrum from the richest to the poorest, tested every baby. They hadn't even had a sip of breast milk, tested them for 287 different toxins and every single baby tested positive for 180 toxins minimum. They're, they're swimming they're swimming in a sea of toxins even before they're born and that's their immune system correct so then so then I you know what that is that how we're supposed to start out life that means that the womb wasn't clean and I've said to many doctors that you know if, if a couple could plan a pregnancy that they first get that the microbiome of both the mother and father in balance before you try to grow an egg in it. Because otherwise, you're growing it in an unhealthy, imbalanced uh, environment. Well, time back. We have to, to do something. Yeah, I mean, time back to everything we've talked about today. I think of uh, detoxification as being part of anti-aging medicine. You have to have that on board, and and I believe I believe in daily detox. You got to do something every single day yep. to yep. stay above the curve when all these chemicals are being exposed to. And I think far infrared sauna is another great way to detox. Oh, great! Um, great way. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I have one in my house here. This is just, it's so, we put it in this the lovely, your father's been to this house. It's, it's way, way over there. And <laughs> it's awful. I know I should go there, but it's like this long walk way over there. And the other night I walked way over there and I encountered a bobcat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, but he didn't like me and I didn't like him. <laughs> uh, but um, I was bigger than him. <laughs> you know, Drew, I, I think our listeners need a little bit more explanation of the foreign infrared sauna. I mean, I've brought this up many times, but remember this, the toxins that we take in, in our food supply, the heavy metals, the insecticides, the pesticides, the, they live in a subcutaneous fat just beneath our skin. Right. So if you go in a foreign infrared sauna, for example, and you sweat, that yeah. sweat is endowed with all these chemicals and pollutants and, and, and heavy metals. So if anybody can do a foreign infrared sauna once or twice or even three times a week, uh, I'm all in on it. And I, I know that- a high-ranking cancer doctor. Uh-huh. His wife developed breast cancer. He called me up and he asked me, about the foreign for its honor. And I said, I've been doing it for years. I think it's one of the greatest things. And he called me up and he said the one thing that he felt that his wife cleared her breast cancer was from a foreign for red sauna. I, mean, I agree. I agree. And they say 
uh, you can stay in a, uh, like 45 minutes an hour because it's much um, lower yet. It's at 140, much lower than a regular sauna, which you can only stay in for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But to keep wiping down, to get yes. those toxins off, you keep wiping down. And when you get out, to have magnesium. And the Drew likes thing, the cold shower. He likes the yeah, cold Yeah, I do frequent cold showers or plunges <laughs> between. <laughs> That's well, that you're way, that way you're, you're washing off all those toxins as, as they're coming out. So I've always been taught it to, makes sense. to do that cold therapy too, which is really good for detox as well. What is cold therapy? Oh, so like hydrotherapy. So if you do like a hot shower, you always want to end it on cold. Because that's oh. like you've got the vasodilation happening with the warm and the cold is causing this tremendous vasoconstriction, which is helping pump toxins out of your system. So it's like hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold is really the way to do it. So that's what they do in Finland. So I guess Correct. they knew yeah. way, way, back, way back then. <laughs> exactly. Well, Suzanne, as we wrap up here, I've, I've got a question I've been dying to ask you ever since I've read some of your books and saw you lecture years ago. But what what was it for you that was like the turning point in your life for getting down this whole natural medicine route? I mean, was it the breast cancer time when you first developed that? Or was it something else that kind of turned the light bulb on in your head? Uh, cancer was my veiled gift. And I say that with all due respect. I had in my 20s, three severe hyperplasias in my uterus. In my 30s, I had melanoma on my back. In my 40s, I had my uterus removed because of cancer. In my 50s, I had a breast cancer, a tumor in my 60s. I had DCIS in the other. When I had the tumor, I asked myself, what am I doing in my diet and lifestyle to play host to this disease? What am I doing? And I realized at that time I wasn't valuing sleep. I thought I was eating right, but I I wasn't really. I, w I didn't even know what organic food was. You know, um, your dad and I grew up on organic food because it was called food. <laughs> right. <laughs> when your dad and I were kids, they never thought it was a good idea to spray poison on our food. And then, and then uh, I remember the day my mother brought home. We used to get an ant infestation in the kitchen, and we'd, you know, she'd make a sticky paste with ivory soap and put it along their trail, and they'd step in it and taste it and hate it, and they'd leave. And then one day she brought home this spray can of poison, and wow, it just killed them all. And then she went around the bottom, and then my dad got some for outside the house, and that was the beginning of the mm. chemicalization of us. And it started with the generation of your dad and I, and that is why I believe cancer is now an epidemic. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I, you know, cancer, you, no one wants to hear those words, but out of every negative, there's something positive. And you get a cancer diagnosis and you really do a lot of self-examination on your choices, your diet and lifestyle habits, um, your thoughts, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a, a, a big one. And um, I believe cancer is beatable, uh, curable. I've done it, you know, seven times now. Amazing. It's kudos to you, Suzanne. That's awesome. That's a Thank you, darling. That's you a, know I love you. Oh, geez. That's, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I could I could maybe sum this up. You know, Drew and I did a uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago on diabetes, and during the podcast, I was talking about boosting AMPK, 
One of the ways of boosting AMPK is using metformin. And, metformin, uh, right. You like berberine as well. Is that correct? Right. What's well, the natural version of it? Yeah. What do you think of metformin? You know, I used to like it years ago. Uh, I still have about a thousand tablets <laughs> in my cabinet, and I still take it from time to time. I want to lose weight, metformin and AMPK activator. That's the magic, you know, formula. <laughs> right. No, it, it probably is. It probably yeah. is. In fact, you know, it's kind of interesting. I started taking metformin again, and I lost about eight or nine pounds. And you just oh, yeah. Because you know? you're just not hungry. You're just not hungry when you take it. Yeah, no, it, it works well. It works well. And then in your book, I, I want to quote this because I thought it was really, uh, it was by Dr. It was by Falloon in that chapter on the NAD. I think uh, a chapter on NAD was just awesome. I got to tell thank you. you. Thank you. But he says the most effective, most effective way of suppressing excess mTOR, you know, again, right. you know, excess, MTOR. right, is to activate AMPK with metformin. Correct. Berberine, basically. You know, right. in other words, in this alphabet soup of modern medicine and Drew and I go to these conferences and I'll tell you, when you study about autography, mit mitography, uh, mTOR, all this stuff, you right. know, it's it's like alphabet soup. But yet, yeah, if you can put it together, it's the simple things. And Suzanne, that's what I really like about you. You say it's so simple. You know, <laughs> instead of saying autography, you say garbage. In my simple Irish way, Stephen. <laughs> well, we're both Irish. Remember that. My yeah. mother is Irish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suzanne, I, let's just close up right now. I think you really said it. What's a pearl we can give our listeners about wellness wisdom? If you want to just pick in a, in a phrase your all-time anti-aging strategic plan, what would that be? I, I have to go back to what seems very obvious with me, that um, bioidentical hormones are the game changer. And that's if aging is about worn out parts, this puts back what you've lost in the aging process, including your mind. The estrogen feeds the mind. And I don't know who I would be if I were not on hormones. And I've been on hormones for 20 years. And every day is a good one. And every day is a good one for Alan. So if anybody's on the fence about it, uh, I highly recommend it. Yeah. And uh, actually, Drew, you're into uh, hormonal replacement as well, right? No, absolutely. I mean, most women that come in and even men, too, they're just they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. I have them on bioidentical hormones because I believe in them so strongly and people feel really good on them. Maybe in the future, you know, uh, we should do a whole podcast on bioidentical hormones, not just for men only, but for women yeah. and men. I mean, uh, that's a whole and topic younger, itself. And, and younger and younger, because, because of the chemical assault, people are draining out of their hormones at a much younger age than they used to. It used to be 45, 50. It's very common now, especially if you live in some place like New York City with all the EMF towers and uh, electromagnetic radiation and fields and all that, um, as you know so well. Um, the the uh, young women are not doing well. And the, I, I know it because I hear from them all the time. They don't feel right. They can't sleep. They're, they don't like their hair. Their hair is stringy. Their skin is uh, prematurely aging. They're, they don't like, like they, these are the simple things, nails. But their periods aren't right. They can't conceive. It goes on and on and mm -hmm. on. And so oh, yeah, uh, there's a way, there's a way yeah. to put us all back together. 
Yeah, and, and I agree. Electromagnetics fits Terrible. into that picture very, very strongly, you know? Terrible. Anyway, this has been great. I mean, I, I just uh, enjoyed, you know, we haven't done a podcast for over a year. Is that right, Suzanne? I think so. Anyway, this was a good one. Let's do it again. Yeah, we'll do it again. And we'll, I, I think the male and female hormonal saga could be expanded greatly Let's over the Let's do that. I'd love to talk about that. All right. Okay, so okay. it was great you talking have, to you, Suzanne. Have and a good day. Thanks, Bye. Suzanne. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks. Bye. That's our show for today, folks. If you have a question or an idea for a show topic, please send us an email or share a post with us on Facebook. And remember, if you like what you heard today and you want to be an active member of the Be Healthistic community, subscribe to our podcast at BeHealthisticPodcast.com or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your favorites. You can also find more great content and information from us and the Healthy Directions team at HealthyDirections.com. I'm Dr. Drew Sinatra. And I'm Dr. Steve Sinatra. And I am so thankful for sharing this incredible day with Suzanne Summers. And this is Be Healthistic. Thanks for listening to Be Healthistic with Drs. Drew and Steve Sinatra, powered by our friends at Healthy Directions. See you next time.